Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! The Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall, and I am super stoked for today's episode. Before we get into the episode, though, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Each and every one of you helped to keep this podcast going, and we wouldn't be able to do it without your support. I also want to thank everyone in our Discord community that keeps the conversations going throughout the week. And shows up for trivia nights and community Zoom calls. Personally, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Last but not least, I want to say thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, followed us on Spotify, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. That minute or two that you take out of your day helps us reach new sneaker enthusiasts that we would not be able to reach otherwise. So thank you very much for taking the time to do that. And now for today's episode. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall, and I am stoked to talk to one of my friends in this whole sneaker thing. Uh, you might know him as Shanghai Soul. Jay has been kind of keeping the states in the loop in terms of the sneaker market in China. So just want to catch up with him based on a few of our recent conversations and stuff that has been going on. I thought, you know, he was a great guest before. If you haven't checked that episode out, I'll definitely link to it. But Jay, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Hey, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be on. And and you were saying I'm keeping the states uh, informed. I, I might be keeping the states angry because <laughs> I'm getting a, I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages lately, blowing up my DMs, man, asking me asking me to be the proxy, asking me to be the plug, asking me what the heck is going on. And yeah, people are, are real upset, uh, not at me per se, but yeah, about the whole sneaker industry right now. It's kind of it's a wild time right now. Yeah, it really is, man. And it's, uh, it, you know, we, we had a, an interesting conversation a couple within the last couple of weeks on the podcast about, um, you know, whether or not the brands are trying to sign athletes, celebrities, et cetera, from different countries in order to kind of just play the game and appeal to that market. And I think that that's a, uh, a really, it's probably very accurate, right? Like the brands at this point, you know, with COVID laid on top of all the other struggles that are going on, you have just a, a massive amount of stress, numbers not being hit, supply chain issues. There's so much layered onto it that I, I can't blame someone who works at one of these companies to say, well, let's just try this, you know, because I think everybody's looking at the numbers going, hey, we're not going to come anywhere close to hitting what we told our investors. And that just, unfortunately, once you get into that mode, 
as a business, it, it never is good for the consumer. Right. And I think that's where, right. You know, I don't want to say it's a good approach. I just think that I understand, I say that I understand how they could get to that point. But one of the things that, you know, I kind of threw towards you before we started recording, you know, the idea that, that a brand like a Nike or, or Jordan brand or Adidas or any of the big major brands, right. Would still think that they could just sign an athlete from China, Japan, the Philippines. Like we've seen everybody trying this. And it seems to me like that is like, like, haven't you already learned and haven't we already passed this stage of this last ditch effort to capture an audience or, or really connect with the consumers in a different country or different location? Do you think that that's that, you know, do you have any examples of that actually working in your mind that you can think of? Because I couldn't think of any that like weren't very like short hits. Right. And we talked a lot about Kobe the last time you were on and Kobe is kind of the opposite of that. Right. Like you're they're all in, you know, like China gets probably arguably better colorways, sometimes more silhouettes, even like there's just so much more, you know, massive uh, marketing appeal or marketing approach to that, as opposed to just like, cool, we did this and we signed this player. And I just feel like we're just like, I feel like it's just a total miss. I don't know. Um, so I, I, I guess we're going to speak to like um, supply issues later. Um, so like, there is something I want to, I wanted to talk about, which, which you brought up earlier, but I don't, I don't want to touch on that right now. Cause I know we'll talk about it later, but yeah. in terms of like, the Asian PEs and stuff like that. It's, it's a mixed bag because I remember when Jordan brand signed Guo Ailun, who is China's first Jordan brand athlete. It was a really big deal here. Hmm. Um, like it was everywhere in the Nike stores, like his photos everywhere. Um, so it used to be, it used to be Yi, Yi Jianlian yep. because he's considered like, um, you know, like, one of the best players and you know unfortunately he didn't do well in the nba but um playing in china he was he was a beast um but he was never signed to a jordan deal he always had a nike deal he had his own nike deal which was like mm -hmm. um ye colorways right obviously a lot of red and red and gold red and yellow um so he had these unique nike pe's and and those always did you know okay um and his face was always plastered in the nike stores but now it's cool because of his Jordan brand deal. But the thing is, is that you, no one outside of China knows who he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I remember when, when my buddies on the sneak disc were like, yo, like Jordan brand signed their first um, Chinese athlete. That's pretty cool. They had no idea who he was. They've never seen him play. And no one from the States would have seen him play unless it's the Olympics and he's their starting point guard. And even then, China doesn't do very well. So you don't get to see him like in the later rounds anyway. So, um, it's, it's like a, it's more of a national pride thing, but it doesn't move product, you know, um, yeah. the, 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 um, his colorways are fire though. Like if you yeah. see Guo's colorways for his Jordan PEs, they're like one of the best. Um, yep. like, cause he always loves, he loves, um, incorporating that kind of like, Tiffany blue, that Tiffany Jade color. Yeah. And so his, yeah, his 32s, 33s, 34s, like they all look really unique. Um, he's never, he, he probably won't get his own signature shoe. Um, he'll only get these, you know, kind of cool PEs. 
Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything. Um, it people in China don't even really like go out hard for it. It doesn't sell out. Like you can get those PEs pretty readily anytime you want. Like they're not in super high demand. People will know that that's the Guo PE, but yeah. it won't it won't sell out any faster than like a Tatum PE or or a Zion PE. Um, and then with Ruby, it's the same idea. Like <clears throat> I got, I have to say, like Ruby's probably got one of the best PEs from Jordan Brand in in the last couple of years. Like, yeah, I agree. His his cherry blossoms, like the cherry blossom, like thirty fives, I think. Man, those things are sick. Like all mints with the pink cherry blossoms on them. Like, yep. and then I'm sure you guys have talked about the the eights that are coming. Um, yeah. Like great, great looking shoe. But I mean, I don't even know if those are hitting the masses. Like those cherry blossom ones never made it, never released. Those are, I think, strictly like friends and family and PE only. So... Um, I don't know if the, if those eights are going to be a GR or not, but it, it's the same thing. Like I, I would assume people in Japan will be like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, like national pride, but in terms of them shelling out crazy money for it, it's not happening here. I, I doubt it's happening in Japan either. Yeah. And it seems like, like with Bo, he is probably uh, well obviously from the pictures you post on your Instagram that there's no trickle down of like oh we gave him a PE so maybe people will buy retros right like there's no like if people aren't buying those you know PE colorways and he had i think the 34 that he had was like probably one of my favorite colorways of the last few years too like like that you know like the the jade color that you talked about but like to me if if I'm, if I'm at Jordan brand and I'm thinking about making the Jordan eight for Rui, you know, why doesn't, I don't know. You got Russ, you got Russell Westbrook in LA right now. Like you've got the, the biggest market in, in the States outside of New York to, to do that with. And, you know, who knows the timing wise, I, I said this in a previous episode, I think that there's probably a lot of timing issues going on with the, the way these shoes are developed and made and even shipped over because that could have been something that was a year ago or two years ago that it was supposed to be here, or it might have filled in and been pushed up to replace a different thing because there's so many other supply chain issues. But I, I think it's interesting because you, I, you know, we talked about it on, on, in our previous conversation about, you know, athletes that are signed to Chinese brands actually having a huge following there and, and their products actually selling well at a lot of these places. How, how can is it is it a matter of national pride do you think but between those brands or is it just that there's more too right because i feel like someone like clay thompson for instance he's getting a lot more right he's it's not just cool we made this retro product or or we made this pe there's a lot more to it he's you know like and i don't know maybe maybe with these other guys they're getting are they getting marketing dollars beyond like the, the store walls and stuff? Are you seeing like actual events happening and anything like that to get it going or. Okay. Timeout Nick here. Before we get into the rest of today's episode, I wanted to ask you a favor. We're looking for sponsors for the podcast. And I thought who better to ask than the listeners that support us already. If you're like me, you probably listen to a lot of podcasts and you know exactly who the sponsors are that you like and definitely those that you don't. 
If that sounds like you, send us an email to podcast at sneakerhistory.com with some of the brands that you would like to hear sponsor the Sneaker History Podcast. It would really help us out, and it will save you from hearing about skinny tees or industrial cleaning supplies or other weird stuff like that that doesn't make any sense. All right, enough of the business. Let's get back to the show. I think, you know, <clears throat> I think what you were saying was was really spot on. It's It's kind of gimmicky. You know, they're like, oh, we got to hit the Japanese market. Let's give the only Japanese player in the NBA a PE. Or, you yeah. know, uh, it's like, oh, we need, we need, um, we need a, a Chinese face in Jordan brand. Who are we going to give it to? Uh, let's give it to, let's give it to the starting point guard on the Chinese, on the Chinese national team. Um, and there's no, uh, I've seen some Guo t-shirts before, but like, even with Clay, you were talking about Clay and his Anta deal. Like he gets, he gets a lot. Like he, they do shirts, yeah. they do shorts, they do like it's like the whole line, right? It's like it's what what we were talking about with Wade. He has a whole line of Way of Wade. The Way of Wade has become the uh, subsidiary of Leaning now. It's just like how Jordan Brand is under Nike. Um, it you know that's that's what Wade's deal looks like because when you go to a leaning store you'll see a section that's only Wade stuff um i would assume clay is kind of moving towards that but like there's nothing like that for Rui like you go in there it's just a standalone pe which yeah. which to be honest with you i've never even seen on seen on shelf before like any of those ones that we were talking about those have never been released the Guo ones are released those are public um but he doesn't have a, a line or anything. And there's no like story. I, I think the for his first pair, there was like some story behind it, but the ones afterwards are just like, oh, this is just the cool PE. It's like, oh, okay. So basically you're just giving me a Nike ID then. Like what's the difference, yeah. right? Like <laughs> if yep. I can just design this, then what's the difference? You're not telling me anything. Like no story, no, no accessories, no, yeah, no anything. So it's it's not enough to to drive consumers to be like oh, I feel really connected I I really vibe with the story I understand the colors oh, yeah it doesn't it's it's very disconnected yeah do you, do you think I mean do you think there's any interest in like or any conversation let's say for the guys that are that are you know actually playing ball in in these shoes is there is he does is he enough of a you know persona to to drive people to buy a shoe or is there enough belief in jordan brand in their technology because you know here in the states obviously jordan brand is like almost tries to elevate themselves as the elite basketball shoe on the market is there enough of that for people to to you know buy a shoe just to play in to see if 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 they like it the way like you know i know here now we have like another level of that because we have so many people doing you know, reviews on YouTube and stuff, but it seems like, mm -hmm. it seems like, like there's a general, general curiosity about all new Jordan models in the States. And my assumption outside of the States is that that just doesn't exist anywhere. And maybe the thought is maybe this partnership could lead to that. Do you think that's even a, a feasible idea for, for somebody like that? So does, do people, Will people buy like a Google PE? Yes, because there is like that sense of national pride. It's it's not about what brand he's wearing. It's more about him. Like if gotcha. he was okay. wearing, if he was wearing Anta, people would be would buy Anta. You know, 
Um, so it's definitely not about Jordan Brin. It's more about cool and him being Chinese and him, you know, like people liking the way he plays basketball. Now, the reason why you don't see a lot of people in, I would say you don't see that many people in like the newest Jordans, like 36s, for example, is because they're, they're really expensive. Like people, there's still a big outdoor basketball culture in China. Um, a lot of people play outdoors, like, and, and I know for myself, I still play basketball now. I would, I would, I would be really hard pressed to spend two fifty and wear it on a gravel cement basketball court and just tear it to shreds. Like I know they're meant to be worn, and I know um, Nike um, Asia. We get a lot of the XDR outsoles for like better, uh, more, you know thicker rubber. I know Nightwing talks about that all the time. He's like the different components in, in the makeup for yep. um, shoes in Asia. Uh, it's because there's a large outdoor hoop culture here. But a lot of the kids, I mean, they're mostly kids, like high schoolers, college students. Like, first of all, they don't have two, 250, 260 to just shell out normally. And if they did, they're not wearing them to play basketball outside. That's for damn sure. So... Um, I, I, does the tech matter? Yes, but to a high school kid who who is who doesn't even have like 150, 120 bucks, hundred bucks to to spend on basketball shoes, there's no way. Yeah, and then like with with you know we brought up Clay. I I can't remember what like the retail is on his shoes, but I'm th it's got to be in like the 140 range or lower, right? For a lot of the other brands. Um, I well, so like he his shoes he has he has he comes out with a shoe every year which is really crazy like people don't even know that and yeah um i think he does also have like takedown models of his shoes which is kind of like lebron and his soldier line right where it's like a yep. takedown um i think his high end stuff is maybe like one it might be uh it might be like 150 and up a little bit makes sense i mean it's it is interesting because like the the takedown i mean i just went to the outlets for the first time in probably two years and walk through like normally i go to like basically reebok new balance and and nike and and the rest is like ah whatever i don't really need to walk through the rest but i basically went through all the all the stores at one of the outlets near me um and when i walked into the under armor store i didn't realize that like Steph Curry has a takedown line that's that's you know four or five shoes deep now, and then I started looking at more stuff online, just thinking like, how many other people have I missed that have these takedown shoes? Because the brands don't, you know, they're not trying to get it in front of the sneakerheads; they're just trying to have it at the outlets or the Dick Sporting Goods or you know equivalent, right? right. Because that that's where the kids that right. play ball are going to buy buy their yep. shoes. Yeah, and it's just yep. crazy that that there's not you know, more to that. Right. Because we just talked about it recently on an, on an episode, you know, like the LeBron won his arguably his most important title in the soldier, you know, like that's mm -hmm. kind of a, mm -hmm. a crazy thing to think about in the big picture. But like that also makes you pay attention to the secondary or, or, you know, whatever line that, that comes underneath the main, you know, the, the main focus. Right. And I, I was thinking about our conversation about Wade, like you brought up and him having such a big kind of presence there. 
do you think that you know like do you think that that's kind of the next evolution for the wade brand too is like what keeps wade you know under you know obviously under the leaning banner but like what keeps wave wade from signing one of these athletes you know especially like like with guo right like the jordan brand if if they're not doing enough he's not going to stick around right like it just if the partnership isn't beneficial for both sides somebody ends up wanting out of it and he moves on but it's almost like that seems like a, an easy like win situation do you see that as something that happens in China or is that something where like Wade would sign somebody for the States because the Wade, the way of Wade brand has a little bit more presence here than Li Ning? Uh, so I definitely don't see way of like, I, and well, I'm just speaking from a, like if I were like running way of Wade, right? Like if I were running yeah. way of Wade, I don't think I would sign someone here because it's, it's already big. It's already big here. So like I would sign, I would try to sign someone in the States and get more exposure out in the States. Yeah. Like if I could sign, you know, if I could sign, what, what, what team is he owning right now? What team does he have? Uh, oh, the ja Utah Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we talked about this last time, right? Like why not, like, why not have uh leaning jerseys, right? Like leaning yep. uh, Utah jerseys, like just sponsor the whole team, just hook up the entire, like that is like a massive way to get it out there you know um so like that that's where i would that's where i would take it for for that for way of wade um and then in terms of uh just like the take the whole takedown thing it's like i don't i don't know if if we talked about this last time but a lot of the shoes out here like um anta and the um leaning like they're not the takedown model but more like their their version of the hyper dunk right which is like their flagship model you know what i mean yeah um like those shoes man they do like they're really good basketball shoes like i have a pair of the um anta sonic nines and they are in heavy heavy rotation when i play basketball because they throw all their stuff in here. Like, that's the thing that I hate that what Nike does lately is that, you know, they give, they give Giannis, whose new shoe I think looks really good, but it wasn't until this model where they like added full length zoom. Like for the longest time, yeah. it was only like four foot zoom or it was only heel, heel zoom. And same with Kyrie. I mean, I know that they have a say in it because maybe that's what they prefer because it is still their shoe, but how are you not throwing your best stuff into these, into your signature athletes? And yeah. then so, yeah. And so um, like with, with the Sonic nines, it's like, they put, it's like, they put all their top cushioning in it. They put all like all this, like really good material in it. And so I don't feel as a consumer, like I'm not getting my money's worth. Like if you want me to spend, if you want me to spend uh, like, 160 170 on on a on a basketball shoe i want to make sure that it's got everything that you guys have in it like i don't want just push lawn and then no no full-length zoom like i know you have full-length zoom why'd you just give me this small pot of zoom when you normally put like this big of one in lebron's shoe like what's <laughs> up with that like i don't like i'm not trying to pay for that yeah well and and that's you make a great point too because 
if if Giannis, who just won his first title and you know MVP, and like, look, if if he's not worthy of having full length Zoom or whatever your best technology is, like, what? How does this even make sense, right? Like, one hundred percent. Yeah, I and and you know, kind of on top of that, like the running stuff has been progressing so far ahead and and up in the price points that I'm kind of concerned that when they start pushing all that new technology over to basketball, it's going to raise basketball prices again. You know, they kind of they kind of have done that in in various little spots, but none of the shoes because the guys are all playing in like Kobe Protros or you know, a lot of KDs, a lot of Kyries and those types, you don't see the technology become a talking point for NBA shoes other than like LeBron or whatever the Jordan signature model is. But like, so what's retail on, on the leaning Sonic nine, do you think about? Uh, they are, hold on, let me do a conversion real quick. They are, um, about like 110 100 to like 110 yeah see and that's that's what's that's what's so crazy i feel like I, just as a consumer and who's somebody who's like been passionate about this and working in this space for the past 15 years or so i am like absolutely concerned for where basketball shoes go if everyone thinks that jordan brand makes the best shoes or that nike makes the best shoes Yet there's all these other brands that are making incredible product for, you know, two thirds of the price or half the price, because it's, it's, I guess, to get to like the conversation about the stuff that you see in store, right? That's what's going to happen eventually. If, if there's not this, like, almost like resetting of the market, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> like if the, for example, like the new LeBrons, the 19s, they are, after conversion, they are 250 here for us. Like, wow. that's that's a lot of money, man. Like, that's a lot. Um, and and if you and if you play ball seriously, I mean, and you love LeBron, I could I, I can I can see it because that's what people are paying for shoes nowadays. You know, it seems like dunks are even you, you can't buy dunks for under 250 now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's like 250 bucks, and I can go to a leading cleaning uh store and i can pick up a pair of these you know of their hyper dunks for you know 110 it's like it's it's a pretty no-brainer for me yeah I, I, do you think that there's is there a connection at all between like performance basketball shoes and retro product in the consumer's mind in china because obviously that's what's kind of told to us in the marketing is, is to say, you know, inspired by the greatest ever. And like, you know, but then there's all the sneaker culture below that. That's like, yeah, well, this is just hype. And, and these people are going to be into it regardless. And, you know, there's all sorts of ways you can kind of slice that up, but it sounds like what you're saying is, is there's no real connection between like retro product on the wall and like the energy that goes into like, or the, you know, the, the kids that are out there playing in, in Nikes or whatever, not necessarily going back and buying retro product for their kind of casual shoes? Uh, I think people are still like, I mean, I mean, Nike's marketing is, <laughs> it's like the best in the world, you know? So yeah. people would just, 
people just eat up the retro stuff. They're like, give me the story, forget the product, forget, forget the quality. <laughs> you can, you, let me play, let me play some basketball in some, you know, in some Jordan tens and Jordan twos and Jordan ones. Like I, I, I want to, I want to look, I want to look cool when I do it. I don't, I don't care if there's zoom air. I don't care if there's just cardboard <laughs> inside. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So I think that that still trumps, um, quality and performance. So do you think, how do you think that, you know, or I guess I should say like, what do you think changes would have to happen for there to be, I guess like the kind of energy around retro product that there is here in the States, right? Like obviously, you know, the, the platforms that resell stuff can take up some of that demand, but like those exist basically everywhere now. So you can, you can, you can buy and resell anywhere in the world if you really wanted to, but it also seems mm -hmm. like, you know, from the pictures that you post and like just from my recent trips to, to see what's on at the stores, it seems like a lot of the stuff is, just kind of fading anyway but it seems like there it's already like nobody cares about the retro product on most of that stuff is that the yeah, case so like um I, I i do think it is part of the case like i i don't think people care like people it's so many factors and it's so funny because i feel like this is a great time for us to be talking about this again because when we talked about it the first time it was very, I remember you were very like shocked by like, you know, the political aspect of it. You were like, oh, I didn't know that that was happening. I wonder, like it was in the very early stages. Like that was probably a week. Like it happened like maybe one or two weeks afterwards and then we talked. And yeah. then this is now yeah. the effects of it. Like, you know, however many months later, it's very real how much the political aspect of it has affected. And I know we'll talk about the NBA portion of it later. Um, but it's, it's fatigue. People aren't buying, um, shoes to resell. Like, like we said, uh, like I said before, it's like the, the resellers here are, are very different from the resellers in the States. Um, resellers in the States are, you know, one, one person, like for, let's, let's just say you are, re, you're a reseller, for example, you, you buy three pairs and you try to make 20, $30 profit and you know, you call it a day and you move on to the next pair. Like resellers here don't, don't really operate like that. Like they, the resellers here are like buying up a hundred pairs. They're buying up 200 pairs. They're buying up a thousand pairs. And there, there isn't the, the, the little reseller. There isn't the me and you reseller as much anymore. And yeah. so when, when the big dogs have moved on, now you got all this product left. Like, because, because the little guys weren't buying it anyway. They, they didn't have the money to buy it anyway. So they were like, oh, okay, well, there isn't there isn't that demand of oh, I'm gonna let me buy up all these lightnings real quick and see what I can do with it. Like they're afraid of it sitting supplied. And this is going back to what you were saying earlier. I I, I no doubt I 100% believe that because of COVID and shipping issues and and all stuff sitting in sitting in cargo ships, they're just like let's just allocate shipment here. Like it's made here. Let's just keep it here. Why, why are we sending all this stuff to be sitting in boats for months at a time and then pushing, pushing release dates back by months and weeks and, and all of those things. Like, why don't we just sell it here? And because of that, there's a lot more quantity. And I think it's like, it's, they've kind of like not on purpose, but they kind of like 
shot themselves in the foot a little bit. You know what I mean? Because they like flooded the market here. Um, And now the resale game is really just moved on. Yeah, it's it. That's something that I hadn't really thought of, or hadn't really connected the dots on. I guess because I, I, I guess like in my mind, you know, I don't really think of like because there's still so many shoes coming out. I don't really think about you know how many actually make it over, what shipments, you know, like all the things that could delay or cause somebody to think hey, we should just sell that in China because it's already there. And, and, or, you know, like, as you said, before we started recording, it's been, things have been open there for, you know, a year plus. Right. So, yeah. 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 You know, like the, uh, that's another interesting thing about this is like here in the States, when I, when I walked into, you know, I walked into a mall for the first time, probably like three months ago, actually, right after, right after we talked, probably. um, So a little bit longer than that. And I just, basically was like kind of just blown away. Cause like there's a bunch of stores that are completely gone and closed within the malls. You can rent space for super cheap and like big malls too. Right. Like we were down in San Jose and we did like a little sneaker history meetup. Um, and you know, there's just empty stores, you know, like there was a foot locker and a house of hoops was there, but like, I think there's a shoe palace, but like there was just a lot of stuff that just was not there, but seeing what was on the shelves, like there's retro product and, and even like, you know, performance product that is sold out online, but it's sitting there in a store. And here in the States, that makes sense because you still got to have that product in store for people that are getting back out there into their normal shopping routines and stuff. But that's also like, you know, the reason that I could see a lot of things sitting is because people are just still not a hundred percent comfortable. Like we're still, you know, we are now, but like, six months ago, nine months ago, like you're just getting the first vaccine rolled out type stuff. So you're not even, you know, a lot of people were still kind of playing it safe, but there you've had like, probably, you know, I mean, I feel like it's, it's almost like probably well before we first, we last talked, but like heavily in the last, you know, six months product just sitting. And like, that's not, that's not a, it's definitely not like a, a consumer fear driven thing. Like it could be if, if right. COVID existed, you know, as you said, like it was a pretty heavy lockdown there to like keep it under control. That's a, another interesting part that I just think is like, I don't know, just fascinating. And I wonder if like, there's any, I wonder if any other places have similar, you know, the, a similar situation where, you know, things have been open longer than the states have. So you have product that's just kind of there waiting for people to get to. And people are just passing on it the same way that you're seeing in China. Because, I mean, it seems like it seems like every store you go into, there's at least retro products sitting. Like that that if you look on, yeah. a, on a website here, like StockX or Goat or something, in theory, it should be, you know, sold out. Wait, wait, hold up. I'm using my Zach Morris powers here to call a timeout tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they have some exclusive discounts just for our listeners. Now, if you're already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know how I love to display my kicks when I'm not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights and drop side cases to showcase the entire side of your shoe, not just the heel or the toe. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY at sneakerthrone.com. 
That's history at sneakerthrone.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter and a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch, locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of sneaker history and the podcast since the early days, and his hot sauce has been a huge hit within the community. To celebrate the launch of his new coffee habanero flavor hot sauce, and my personal favorite, his new habanero honey, he's given an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. You can save 10% by using the code sneakerhistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. That's sneakerhistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. Or better yet, tell some of your favorite brands they should be sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get back into today's episode. Right. Um, I think what you said was, it's like, it's it's right on the head. I also think that, because I, I do have friends that live in other parts of the of the world, and, and they don't see the stuff that, that I see. And I think that has to do with a lot of the stuff is still made here, right? Like, yeah, we get we get first crack at it, um, wh- whether whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I definitely think COVID was like a hard reset for buyers out here. Like, it just slowed everything down. Resellers just like weren't they just didn't feel like flipping shoes was was the was the move anymore. Like. They're, I don't know what they're what they're buying up now, but it's definitely not shoes. Um, and in terms of like other countries that are open, just like us, like Taiwan, for example, they they've been open, you know, the same amount of time as as China, but they don't get the product. They don't see as much of the stuff as I see. There's still some of it, but it's not as much because it's made here. So like yeah. we have the most quantity of of anywhere in Asia. Um, and, and because China is such a big like hub for, for Nike out here or sneakers in general. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of nice. Like it's, it's slowed everything down. Like resellers aren't as crazy and my buying mentality isn't as like, Oh, let me just buy first and think later. Right. Like now I can, I can walk into a store and think about, hmm, you know, do I really need these pollens? Do I really need these lightning fours? Do I really need these seafoam greens? Like, you know what? They'll be here. They'll be here next week. Let me think about it for a little bit. And I mean, and I know you know this and, and you know, we're, we're at that age where it's like, that's how it used to be. Right. And yeah. like, that's what, that's how, that's how buying sneakers used to be. That's how buying 11s used to be right you didn't have to like line up in malls i mean you could i mean they, the first day definitely but like two weeks later you could still think about it and and it's yep. uh i remember when it used to be like that and it's kind of nice that um i mean it's not nice that the pandemic happened but it's nice that like uh an effect of that was that there was like a hard reset and people just kind of like slowed down and just started going back to normal again. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that's, uh, you know, and, and maybe that's just me being nostalgic, but I also think that that's just a better experience for a consumer, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible experience to go on the sneakers app and, you know, it's like waking up and living in Las Vegas and like having a slot machine outside your, you know, apartment. And every morning you pull the handle, hoping that you win. And occasionally you get just enough back to keep you coming back. And like, 
Yep. That experience is, I understand why that happens and why they do that, but it's absolutely terrible. Like the long-term effects of that, I think are absolutely terrible for both the footwear industry as a whole and for Nike consumers specifically. But because it's, it's, you know, less about my nostalgia for the good old days of walking into a store and finding, you know, true blue threes back in 2001, you know, on sale for a hundred bucks, you know, like, of course I want that. Like I always want that. But like, I really think that without the experiences that you're having there and seeing the product and getting to feel it in hand, you're not going to grow the audience. And maybe right now, you know, there's just so much product there that you're even the, even the diehards that have to have the lightning and have to have the pollens, maybe they're going to, they're going to pick up a pair, but like, you know, in general, like if people feel like they have to make a decision right then and there, yeah, eventually they move away from saying yes to that decision because they just feel, Hey, I don't want to be a part of this, but I don't want to have to be forced to make this decision every time I think about sneakers. Right. And, and, um, it's like when you get that early access for a pair that you didn't even want, it's like, I have to buy it. Like when was the last time I hit on sneakers app? I have to get this right now. And it's yeah, just like, yeah. what kind of mentality is that? Where it's just like, I have to do it because I'll never get this chance again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then my, my, my buddies over at the sneak disc, they, they, they kind of talked about this last week actually. And, and he was saying how like, yeah, but you know, you just love that feeling of like, getting something that someone else had that doesn't have. And we all like, as a, as a person who loves sneakers, you love it when someone's like, Oh, you got those. Oh man. I missed, I struck out on those. But even if shoes are sitting, you can still get that feeling. Like, like the Travis, the, the Virgil twos, like not everyone is getting those. Right. Like if, if, if you're wearing those and I see them, that's still going to be a limited shoe. That has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with you wearing lightnings and I have lightnings and we go to the same show and we go to the sneaker con and we're both wearing them. Like, but that's not that that's not the same thing, right? Like if you wear if you wear off-white twos to to sneaker con, people are gonna be like, oh Nick's got the off-white twos. Like you you can still bring out heat, like yeah. in, in this yep. day and age of shoes sitting. That that's I don't think that that changes anything. Yeah, I agree. And I I think that's an interesting kind of, you know, people definitely choose what they want to wear, what they want to buy in different ways too, right? Like we do a a format of the podcast. It's kind of like a sneaker draft with the three or four of us. And, you know, I love it, by the way, I'm not competitive. You you need to have more people. You need to have more people on because it goes like you're, you come back too quickly. You got to have like, I'm, the last episode I was listening, you guys, um, I think it was for the one, was it for the ones, but you, you guys were like, yeah. Oh, we need to have more people on here to, to like yeah. make it a little harder. Yeah. We got to get you on one time for it. It's, it's a blast. 100. Because it, I'm in, I'm in. I'm it in. makes me think differently because I, I forget so many of the colorways and the stuff that's out there. Right. Like we all have our kind of narrow lanes of what we like and what we go after. And then like, you know, we're paying attention to things, but like the more you, take into to your memory, the more you're forgetting about something that happened 10 years ago. And right. so like that to me is always interesting because Robbie looks at it like it's a competition. I don't look like, I don't look at it that way. And I honestly wear, I mean, I of course love certain shoes. Like, 
you know, shatter backboards just because I'm a Giants fan and it's a Jordan one. And mm-hmm. just, like, that's, mm-hmm. that's like a great shoe, regardless of it, if it's hyped or not, I would love to have that shoe. And, you know, but like, we, we really, we really pick different stuff all the time that I think none of us would, you know, occasionally you have shoes that are like, this is the shoe of, of the draft that you want to have. But most of the time I'm pretty happy with the shoes that I get to pick even if they're not the the hyped up shoes, because it's just, I, I don't know, like, that's what I like. And I think that's an interesting piece. And, and kind of like to your, you know, to your, uh, your Shanghai sneakers group, right? Like we, within the sneaker history discord community, we basically, you know, look out for each other, right? There's 200 some people in there. And I would say, you know, it's, it's still a small percentage of people that hit on the sneakers app because that's just how it is. But generally speaking, almost every other day or or maybe even every day at this point, we're seeing people like hit for somebody else that wanted their entry. And then you get that back when you really want something. And I think that is also one of those nostalgic things that I miss about going and lining up for a pair of shoes back in the day where you weren't competing with online too. You just were going to line up with your buddies. And if, you know, if you wanted me to get your size and I was in the front of the line and I thought like my size was going to be around or, or I wasn't interested, we were still lining up with each other to try to help each other get a, get a shoe. And I think that's like kind of hopefully where things are headed, you know, beyond like the experiences that you're saying you're having now, because that's definitely another missing piece from what brings people into being a fan of sneakers, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, you know, um, it's interesting because, you know, I've been on, on, I, I mean, I haven't been on IG for that long, but you know, since like 2015 or 16 was like my first post. And I would say most of my, most of my uh, followers on IG, I mean, I would say like eight, 90% of it is, is in the States. Um, and my, my buddy who owns, um, uh, this store called Doe, um, it's, um, it's like a, it's a sneaker boutique. It's, I, I like to call it like the Kith of China. Um, like they have like a coffee shop and, and, you know, they do streetwear stuff, but it's their own brand. It's all in-house stuff, you know, like it's their own, it's their own brand. They, they, um, they, they sell sneakers there. They, they sell, they do collabs with like big names like Pada. They've done collabs with, um, like Nike and stuff before. So, you know, it's, it's a really cool store. It's a really awesome vibe. And I've been shopping there for a long time. And, and the other day he came to me, the, the owner of the store came to me because I've been friends with him for a while. He said, um, you know, we're going to get the, the paddas. We're going to get the paddas. Um, and cause he's, he's good friends with, you know, the, the owner of Pada. He's like, we're going to get the paddas. You should bring your, you should bring your sneaker group and you should come and hang out and like, you know, you guys can, can all get pairs. And I was like, my sneaker group, I was like, shoot, I don't really have a sneaker group. Like, <laughs> like I was like, my sneaker group is like, it's like all on Instagram. Like they're, they're not coming, they're not coming here to get shoes. And I thought about it and I was like, why don't I have a sneaker group? Like there should be a sneaker group. And then I just started gathering people in my contact list that I've known that I knew were into sneakers, but I, I've only just chatted with them individually over it, never in a group setting. And over like two weeks, uh, we got like a hundred people. Um, and then the group is super chill and it's low key and it's not high pressure and people aren't 
in there trying to sell anything. It's just, you know, people are in there showing all sorts of like people were in there showing Clarks, people were in there showing Adidas, showing, you know, Y3, Ultra Boost. Like it's just people just into what they like. And then um, I was like, hey, uh, so Doe's going to be doing, it's a first come first serve for the, the pad of the blue ones. Um, there's a QR code to sign up. And the owner was like, sent me the QR code first so we could all sign up. And we got like 20 some, we got like 25, 26 people out there. And then there's that photo I sent you. And yeah. we all got a pair. It wasn't that, it wasn't backdoor or anything. It wasn't like shady. It was because like they had, they had a lot of quantity in China, actually. Like the, the orange ones are still sitting. So uh, like, I don't want people thinking like, oh, you know, the store did some shady business and was like backdooring yeah. pairs to you guys. Like we, we, we got, we got in, we went there and lined up, we got a ticket. Um, it wasn't a raffle. It was just to get a ticket to in order of buying. And we all went and we all got our pairs and everyone was super happy. And it was just like a little hangout. Like there's a lot of people in that group I've never met before, but I've talked to. And it was a, yeah, it was a nice, like genuine moment. And in this day and age, like, I mean, you understand, like just buying shoes for retail is a win. Like that's like hitting on, on sneakers to me. Like that's like hitting on the app for me. Right. Cause it's like, I actually get a chance to buy what I want and not have to go on StockX or pay or go on eBay. Like I can just get it for retail. Like that's, that's, that's a win. Yeah, definitely, man. And to be able to have the, the community, you know, like uh, that's one of the things that for me, like, you know, even just, doing this podcast and having the, the the discord group now that we have, you know, that's just been like a constant kind of support group for, you know, just, you know, it's, it sounds bad, but it's like, it's not really that serious. Like I love shoes and, and this is the world that I choose to make my profession, but it's not like that serious for me to buy shoes. Like I, I rarely, right. am like, I rarely pay resale. I really feel like I have to have something. It's more just being around it and being a part of it. And, you know, I, I have enough shoes to wear and, you know, it's great to get stuff. And I love, I love the feeling just like you're talking about, but also like having the group of people that just, you know, appreciates each other and looks out for each other. And, you know, I think that's like a, a missing component when you don't really get that in terms of the internet, you know, it's, it's tough we're getting it now with like discord communities and, and Instagram and Facebook groups and all these different places where we're kind of coming back to this community aspect, but that's definitely been a missing piece for, for so long for, you know, I mean, look, I was a, a you know, employee number nine at StockX when it started. I, wow. I definitely didn't think that it was going to become as crazy as it has, but mm -hmm. it was, I also think that it was, it was going to happen regardless, right? Because a lot of people are like, do you feel any regret? Should you feel, do you feel bad that you made, you know, resell such a big deal? And it's like, resell was already happening. Like the market existed. That's why the company was built, right? This wasn't a new thing. This was just us making this new thing easier. So it's not like StockX created the resale market. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think really resell took like a, a, a leap in like the 2012 Jordan releases, right? Like, any of those shoes that, that came out, you know, the, when the black and the black cement, whatever fours came out, like people were buying like 
I bought multiple pairs because I was like, well, I'll never, uh, you know, I might never see this again. Because at that time, they weren't retroing everything, right? So, right, right. By nature, it's like, okay, I bought four, I bought five pairs of that shoe because it's like, this, this is it. Like, I don't need any more the rest of my life. And then, of course, you're like, well, there's other stuff that's going to come out. I don't need to have five pairs of the same shoe. I kept a few of them. I traded one pair, sold a pair. And now next thing you know, it's like all these other people are also doing the same thing. And now you have right, a, a, right. a resale market that just doesn't have a, a place to live other than eBay. And eBay back then was still questionable on a lot of the fakes and the counterfeit stuff and Man, getting scammed yeah. and all that. So it's, it's an interesting I've evolution. I've gotten a few cardboard, sure. cardboard, filled, cardboard filled shoes before off eBay. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think they've, you know, I think they've improved upon it. I, I've really been lucky. Like the only time I got a fake pair of shoes, I responded. This is probably 10 years ago now. I responded to the person right away and was like, the pair that you sent me is, is fake. Like, I, you know, I'm going to send it back. I just want your money back. I don't want to report this or anything. I just, this is a counterfeit yeah, yeah. shoe and I don't want it. Cause it was, it was really obvious to me. And she messaged back and was like, Oh, I was selling them for my son, you know, just send them back. I'll refund your money. Now. I didn't realize that he just, he left him here and he went away to college and I just sold them. And I was like, cool, no big deal. As soon as I got the money back, I sent the shoes back. It was like, that was my experience with, with fakes. And I haven't had any, you know, obviously when I worked at StockX, we would, people would try to pass all sorts of weird stuff. And oh, you know, we, had, sure, we yeah. had people saying like, Oh, we sent them, you know, some random thing. That's like, no, that's not how it works. You know, like maybe somebody's <laughs> taking it off the UPS or FedEx truck or something, but highly unlikely there too. So um, the scammers are always going to be there, but I guess like the last thing that I did want to touch on because we talked about the situation with the, uh, was it Daryl Morey with the rockets and speaking about China whenever that was eight months ago, six months ago, even longer, I guess. Yeah, It was, um, it was, it was the beginning. Yeah. It was almost a year ago. It was the beginning of the NBA season last year. Yeah. So now we're kind of in that same position again now with Inez Cantor speaking up and I just, uh, you know, like how much more of this can go on and the NBA still be, you know, a thing in China, right? Like, especially as we're talking about like the, you know, the, the pride behind the the athletes and, and buying the product because of the athletes and the, you know, I'm just like, all right, what's going to happen from this? Because I feel like there's gotta be, there's gotta be ramifications of this stuff. And I know that it's it's something that like you can't get the two sides to talk about this on equal ground because people have fundamentally different views on what's going on. And and I honestly, you know, like I'm just somebody that's, you know, seeing a little bit here and there. And it's even hard to process everything that goes on anyway. But the one other thing other than the Nez Cantor stuff, I forget his name now, but the Adidas athlete that they signed one of the. I think one of the Olympic players and there was some sort of pushback on his salary or his bonus or something. I don't know if you remember that it was within the last month or oh, two. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't recall that story. Okay. Maybe I'll see if I can find it real quick while you, while we, while I have you um, discuss the yeah, cancer um, thing and let me know what you think. Oh man. So like, it's so, it's, it's really crazy because, um, and I, and I posted about this uh, before where it's just like, 
China's cancel culture is really strong out here. I mean, when we were talking about the political stuff with with Nike coming out with their statements about the cotton issue, like their influence was left. Like I remember telling you, like fifty, like their yeah. biggest guys all left. And so, like, it's not it's not like, oh, let's just you know brush it under the rug and and hope it goes away. I mean, it happened with that sort of with like the the, the Maury situation. You know, the Sixers, you still can't watch them on TV here. You can get oh wow, you can I get all that. the other teams, but no, they they so like he used to be with the Rockets at that time, and so yep. the Rockets were canceled. Like all their sponsorships gone. You wouldn't see any of their logos um, anywhere. Um, but after he went to Philly, it, that's what happened to Philly. So the Rockets are back, uh, and Philly is canceled here. So you can't get any Philadelphia stuff. Um, wow, you can't watch their games. You can't watch their games. And I play fantasy basketball, and I'm like, I got Tyrese Maxey on my team. I want to watch him play. Nope, can't can't get Philly game. can't get Philly games wow. on TV. Um, and it's the same with uh, Cantor. Like after what he said, um, all Boston games are are gone. They're wiped wiped from. It's like they don't even exist here. And so, um, China cancel culture is is real. It's it's legit because it's not just social media canceling you. It's like the government canceling you. And so you can't get you can't get any of that stuff. Um, it's it becomes really tricky when Cantor calls out Nike and LeBron because I almost feel like it's like a no-win situation because if they yeah. don't respond to Cantor, if they don't respond to Cantor, then they're acknowledging it. But if they respond yeah. to Cantor, then they're toast. So in my opinion, I doubt they say anything because they didn't say anything the first time. Right when Maury said yep. all that stuff the first time, no one came to his defense. And I know it sounds messed up, and I know it sounds kind of crazy. It's like, oh, how can the NBA stand up for this? How can how can Adam Silver like tiptoe the line? Um, and you know, when they asked Steve Kerr, I think Steve Kerr's like press conference was like one of the biggest ones because he was so like careful with his words. Right? It was he was so calculated with what he was saying that people could easily tell that, you know, he didn't, he didn't want anything to happen to him or, or the team. And then it's, yeah. I mean, Cantor legit called them out personally, like name by name. Yeah. It wasn't just like, this is happening. It was like, Hey, at Ron, Hey, at Nike, Hey, at, um, you know, CEOs of Nike, like, what are you going to do about it? And there hasn't been anything said. And I think that that, you know, as ironic as it is, speaks pretty loud, has pretty loud actions because by them not saying anything means that they're not going to acknowledge it because they know it's going to affect them. Obviously, I love Nike and, you know, it's there's so much nostalgia there, as you said, like they're the best marketing company on the planet, right? Like they're just incredible at what they do. But it's really interesting because they're they're so... They're so selective about who they back and when they back people, right? It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because there are times when, you know, 
when the Colin Kaepernick thing is happening, right? Like I'm, you know, being a 49er fan, I'm a huge Colin Kaepernick fan before all of what happened. I haven't really watched other than like, you know, probably like half of a Super Bowl with some, some family. Like I haven't watched any football. Like I just don't pay attention to American football anymore. And part of that is because, yeah, because like, you know, I just think that it was, that it was, obvious that the league was blackballing Colin Kaepernick, right? And I can't believe he hasn't had a tryout or anything in all of these years. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. Like, did they just, I mean, like, he's... behind closed doors just all decide we're not gonna, we're, we're not even gonna attempt to bring this guy back? I, I, I mean, they have to, even if they, they don't even have to talk about it, you know, like, there's, there's such a, you know, it's kind of like this Inez Cantor thing, right? Like there's such a political, you know, there's so much politics that go on behind the scenes and you got to, I think tie in that, you know, America's going through like Trump as president and all these things and kind of, you know, with that. So like once, once it becomes like, Hey, you're either against the president of the United States or you're, you know, against Kaepernick or right. You're, you're for Kaepernick or you're for the, you know, the president and the NFL and blah, blah, blah. Like once it became such a big spectacle, then, you know, it, it just becomes such a, it's such a sensitive thing for any team to even go down that path. I just, I, I feel like Nike obviously like steps in and says, Hey, we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to back Kaepernick and we're going to put him in our, you know, advertisements and we're going to support him and his brand and all these things which is great, right? Like he doesn't, you know, honestly, he probably doesn't, you know, live the way he lives without that, you know, monetary backing from Nike and the sponsorship, because clearly he's an incredible athlete to begin with, right? Like he might not be your typical quarterback that, you know, Tom Brady throwing touchdown passes, but like he was relatively well loved, you know, by a lot of people and took the 49ers with a team that probably shouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. So I think he's was against he was, my Ravens too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like it, it's such a, it's such a weird thing because like part of me is like, I want to support by, you know, buying and, you know, supporting the people that I, that I care about and appreciate. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, like what you're saying with, with, you know, Jordan sitting in the stores. If, if everybody is, kind of just doesn't care one way or the other about that brand, whether that's Nike or Jordan or Adidas or anybody, then all these marketing things just kind of become just, they feel like just marketing things to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a long, long winded way. And that's an unfortunate thing because whether it was true or not, I always felt like everything that Nike was into and did was, you know, you Genuine, know, like you align with right? the beliefs like, or something, right? Like at least yeah, that's what coming, you're coming of, from a place that you, that, yeah, that you agree with and it's aligned and yeah. genuine and real. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's a really interesting thing. It's, it's tough because it's like, I mean, I'm not, I am not a very political person, whether it's U S politics or Chinese politics. And I, and I always, try to steer away from it because it's like politics and religion is like where people get into fights and arguments all the time right so yep. um but when 
it's it's funny because once you throw in the monetary aspect of it, like yeah, you're gonna get a lot of people just biting their biting their tongues, you know. And it's normally normally some of these athletes are super outspoken, but then all of yeah. a sudden, like you're gonna hit you're gonna hit them in their wallets, and it's like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna talk this. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... It's really something. And and I, you know, like I don't really have like a, you know, a, an, a response to it in a sense. So I, I don't know if you, you probably saw, of course you saw, but like, it's like that sports illustrated thing coming out with, you know, uh, what's his name from Jordan brand, you know, saying that he killed a guy as a teenager. Oh and yeah. 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 I saw that. Like, I still don't know how I really want to process that. Right. Part of me is like Howard white. Part of me is like, okay, I'm happy that you made a life for yourself and got out of that situation. Yes, of course. But at the same time you killed somebody like that's yeah. and you, insane. And, and you got like, away I with can't, it. <laughs> you got yeah. And you know, and just, I don't know. It's, it's just such a weird thing. And it's the funny thing is like, I feel like we're getting more and more of these, like just because we have such transparency into so much stuff going on, like, you know, not to dismiss, you know, what people have as opinions or like, you know, someone wanting to speak out like the Inez Cantor thing. Someone of Inez Cantor's, let's say, uh, basketball skill level and social clout and all of that 10 years ago, he would not have any platform that would give him that 100%. time. Right. So now 100%. we're getting to see everybody's little things. And now every little thing has to become this big decision over like, you know, or at least that's the way people are putting it. It's like big decision over, do I support this? Do I support that? And it's like, you know, sometimes you just want to, buy a pair of shoes because you like the pair of shoes you know it's like i mean that I mean, sounds really so horrible like and i don't mean that in a bad way no, but i no i think i totally get it it's like yeah what he says is really messed up what what was potentially happening or i mean i don't know but like the whole you know cotton issue like did that like i was talking i was thinking about the cotton issue i was reading about about it and then purple metallics dropped <laughs> it's like and I'm going to go get them. It's like, like, uh, I'm, it's, yeah. Yep. What, what I feel, what I feel, um, like socially about these concepts, like about these topics and issues. Yeah. I, I, I will read about it. I will understand it, but that's not going to stop me from doing what I like. And what I like is I like to buy shoes and, and I know it sounds messed up because those things should be tied together, but I see them as separate entities. Yeah. Do you, do you see like, obviously it's, it's, I assume it's much different there versus here where we have, you know, we have like, I know cancel culture in, in China is obviously much more, it, it, it appears from here to be more of a government level or a bigger, it, like it's a massive thing, right. As opposed to, you know, I feel like here in the States, you know, like somebody wants to cancel the local pizza spot every, you know, 
couple of months because whatever, <laughs> you know, they put pineapples on pizza and people don't like pineapples on their pizza. But like, it's so, there's so many little things that become like just blown out of proportion here where I just feel like if people just learned to talk to each other and have conversations, we wouldn't have to deal with so much of this stuff. Do you see I mean, like smaller so like, level? Um, No. Like when people get, when things or people get canceled here, like they get like canceled, like legit canceled. Like um, an, an actor was um, like found out for like, you know, doing a lot of like shady stuff, like sexual harassment stuff. Like he's got locked up. Like he, he got canceled, not just by his followers. He got like his social media platforms got erased. Like he can't, he can't go on Instagram. He can't go on Weibo. He can't, he can't post anywhere. And he's in jail. He's sitting in jail until his period. And it's like, that wouldn't happen in the States. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when you get canceled out here, it's, it's the real deal. Like you are, you are in serious trouble. Um, and um, so like that, the, the small type of like social media kind of like backlash stuff. Yeah, it, it, it does happen. But um, if for some reason it reaches like kind of like uh, disgracing like Chinese culture or like you're a disgrace to like the Chinese society, that's when you're in trouble. That's when... So like that whole national pride thing is like a, it's like a real thing out here. I don't know, man. I just, I have so many thoughts around it in so many different ways because it's, it's all just added tension and added stress to everyone's lives that I think, you know, especially here in the States, we've had the political tension over the past, you know, five years, six years, whatever it's been, has just been, uh, almost unbearable. You know, you, you can't avoid the conversations, the, and I, I don't necessarily, I'm very opinionated, but I don't like push my opinion on other people. I don't like go stand in right. line at Starbucks and say, you know, you should be this and you should be that or whatever. But like I do, you know, I, I feel like I could avoid a lot of this, even in the news, right? Like, you know, for, for, you know, prior to the last five years, you didn't have to, everything wasn't like the end of the world as we know it kind of <laughs> craziness in terms of like the, the, the way things are kind of almost like politicized and, and turned into ammunition against the people that you don't, you know, agree with or believe, have the same beliefs with, but I guess to, to, to kind of get, go in a different direction and get back to like sneakers and a, and a more positive note, what, what are you looking at in the next, you know, as the end of the year comes along, anything that you're looking to pick up, anything that you're excited um, about? Yeah. So the end of the month, the Bordeaux, the Bordeaux ones, I, I really like that pair. Um, I have a feeling those will probably sit out here just judging by what everything else has been sitting like there's been more desirable pairs and it's not like an OG colorway. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that those will sit. Um, uh, let's see. I do, I do like the, the Jordan one, that Gore-Tex pair I posted the other day. So like they released yeah, that here already. It looks nice. Um, yeah, I do. I do like them. Um, I like the white pair better than the black pair. So I, I do think I'll pick up 
um, that pair as well. Um, I mean, cool gray 11s, I think that's a must. Um, I, I am not going to try, I'm not even going to try to go for the off-white twos. Um, just because I am, I don't know. It's, it's something I think it would be a great piece to have in your collection, but I just can't imagine wearing, wearing it. I don't hate it. I actually, I, I, I like the design inspiration that Virgil went on Sean's page and, and did all like the excellent explanation. That was really cool how he did that. Um, so yeah, I do definitely. like the, the, yeah, the design elements of it. Like after seeing the un and understanding where he got, you know, the idea for it, I, I'm, I like it a lot more, but it's just not a pair that I can imagine myself wearing. Okay. So that, that makes me, gives me one more question and then I'll let you go. Um, the, you posted, uh, what union fours recently, right? Obviously yeah. in the States brands like union off white, you know, anything like that, Travis Scott, that stuff is, you know, the first to go sells out everywhere. Basically is there, are those like kind of collaborative partners for Nike, you know, are they big enough in China to, to, you know, kind of get past the retro sitting on the wall or is it still like kind of hit or miss with some of those? It's, it's a little hit or miss. And the only reason why those shoots do well is because I mean, people follow prices in the States and people follow hype in the States. So people lost their mind for the unions there. People here have no idea if union is a store, if union is a person, they're like, who is, who is you? What is union, right? They have no idea. They have absolutely no idea, but they know that it's expensive and they know that it's limited. So then they'll, they'll, they want it. Um, the, that, that colorway in particular, did they just did a random restock on the sneakers app. And for some reason, I thought it was only going to be sneakers app. And my buddy was at the uh, the main flagship store. And, and he saw like, there were small sizes left, like six and under. But the fact that they were still even in store is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So like off-white stuff, obviously, Travis stuff, that stuff will fly. Um, last time when the Travis Lowe's dropped, my buddy saw some of the the hoodies and the shirts and the shorts still in the store. So um, I don't know if, if, if those things would instantly sell out in the States, they probably do, but um, those were still in store. Uh, and the reason why I said hit or miss is because some collabs don't fly like the Billie Eilish stuff. So her whole collection sat here. Um, um. The ones, the one KOs, yeah. those sat, and then the 15s. But the 15s were really expensive. The retail on them was 250 um, here. So, you know, people weren't really moving for that. Just the high price tag and also, like, they were just like, mm, like, I don't really know Billie Eilish. Like, like, even for me, like, I thought the 15s looked okay. I thought the KOs were okay, too, but I wasn't going to go out of my way to, to really buy them. Um, it was cool yeah. to see them in stores. The Alele May 14s, those sat. Um, I, I, I picked up a pair of those. I, I like that pair. Um, but yeah, like, so it's kind of hit or miss. It depends on how popular they are and, and you know, whether um, China or Chinese people have any connection to them, which, you know, for Alele May and Billy Eilish, they didn't. 
but uh, for the other stuff, it's more like the the price and the the how limited it is to get. Like those off white twos, I mean, stuff like that will never sit anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, man, it's been awesome to chat with you. Um, I guess uh, you know, let every know everyone know where they can find you, and I guess a little bit about your group too, just in case people from Shanghai are listening and, and they want to meet up with you guys. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if, uh, so you can find me at Shanghai soul IG. Um, I'm not on any, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I'm not, I don't do YouTube. Like people are always like, why don't you, why don't you get on that? Like, why don't you do YouTube reviews? You could like do like sneaker walkthroughs and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I'm lazy. I have a full-time job. Like I, I, I like what I'm doing right now and, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what, what happens, but you know, that's just not my, that's just not my lane. I know my lane is just posting pictures and, and it was funny cause Cousteau, um, um, posted some of my stuff. Like he posted a thing on his hype on his, uh, talk on on his youtube video and then people were like yo you should you should do something like that and i'm like that's just not my thing i don't do like the inspirational quotes with sneakers and and stuff like that um yeah, yeah i i just I, I just stick to instagram man i just take photos I, I just try to show people what's out here i know some people get salty get a little upset and man that day nice kicks reposted my picture i got 300 dms when i woke up nick 300 dms all right and only about 10 of them were about that's really cool awesome content the other 290 were where can i send my money i'll pay you to go get shoes for me um let me know how much it is here's my paypal like send me an invoice and uh it's just like i'm not in it for the money you know like people are like don't you want to make money like you would make a killing i'm like actually i wouldn't make a killing because shipping is so expensive out here um yeah. i wouldn't make that much money and it's not even worth my it's not worth my time and my wife would kill me if i walked home with like four, <laughs> 40 bags of sneakers she she literally i would be i'd be living on the streets i'm not even joking about that um, yeah well and you know to your point about the youtube videos right like kusto's been making videos for 12 years so like the editing and right. the filming and it's like the yeah. amount of work it's hard enough for me to like create podcasts and you know this will be a youtube video too but the amount of work that goes into it for me is like, man, do I really want to keep doing this? Like, even though I enjoy it, it's still just so much work and time that goes into it to create it, to make it something that people really enjoy. So I totally agree. You know, like you got to make sure you follow Jay, but don't ask, don't ask to, to be hooked up with stuff. That's the, that's the, the one rule. <laughs> I will say though, for like everyone that I've chopped it up with on podcasts and stuff, Nick, and this is, this is to you and, you and your, and your crew, maybe not your discord of 200, but your crew, definitely. Let me know if there's anything you guys want out here that you may not be able to get in the States. Cause um, I always want to like help, help where I can with, with my friends and stuff. So if there's anything that you see that I post that you're like, Oh man, like, after shipping, it'll still be cheaper than getting it in the States. Just let me know and I'll see what I can do. Cool. We appreciate that. Definitely, man. And, and honestly, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure out a way to like, we do, uh, like every month we do like trivia nights and zoom calls with our community. Be cool to have you come on and just be a part of that too, because I know that like people would love to, to kind of, you know, just 
everybody loves having like somebody else in the room to kind of talk to and hear about because they're like, it's such a different experience for you. So maybe we can get that yeah. worked out in the next few months. For too. sure, man. Like sneaker draft to let me know. Cause I listen to all the sneaker drafts. I love, um, I think I messaged you when you guys did like the fives. That one was awesome. Yeah. Like I really, yeah, I really love it. It's, it's so cool. Cause it takes me down memory lane. And sometimes when you guys are nominating shoes, I was like, Oh my God, I forgot about that pair. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then there was yeah. like a pair. There was a pair that like no one mentioned. And I was like, "How did no one not say this? Come on!" Like, um, and and so yeah, like I, I would I would love to be a, a part of that that uh, that discussion one time. And then yeah, man, it's I don't yeah. I don't post to make people upset. You know, like I'm just trying to show you guys what's out here. I know sometimes I can get a little snarky in my comments. They're like, "Oh, like someone was like, oh, what what will it take? What will it take to get these shoes?" And I was like a ticket and a hotel in Shanghai and then, like a round trip ticket and, and, a, and a hotel. Like that's what it would take. And people are like, you're a dick, man. Like you're such a asshole. It's just like after, after like 500 DMS of me, of people trying to get me to buy them shoes. It's just like, what, what it's like turned me into like some like salty dude now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to show you, show what's ahead in the future. What could be for the States, hopefully one day soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for for doing that. I know I appreciate following you and seeing all the stuff as, as you know, as you come across it. And um, thanks for spending time with me to chat today. Uh, make sure that you follow Jay on Instagram, Shanghai Soul. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And if you like this podcast, definitely give us some feedback, whether that's in a review, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to find us. We're kind of all over. And uh, hopefully we'll see Jay on one of the next episodes of My Starting Five. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.